Hey, so Jesse, we talk a lot about college on this show. Yeah, we do. And what we actually mean is Avondale University College, where we both got our bachelor degrees in ministry and theology. Yeah, and, you know, that's also where we became buddies and we lived in the dorms, we ate at the calf, walked to class in the sunshine. It was great. It was great. We had late night Maccas runs, we led in worship, and uh, we also met some of our closest friends there. Absolutely. Probably one too many late night Maccas runs for me, but, you know, honestly, studying at Avondale was the best, and we're so stoked to say that this episode is sponsored by Avondale University College. Called to make a difference? Called to beat Avondale. Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a show all about saving the best and burning the rest. Absolutely. And today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited. Please, everybody welcome the Chai Guy himself, Kevin Wilson. <laughs> What's up, guys? Jesse and Josh. Good to, good to have uh, see you both after after some times of, so, like I said, of stalking both of you and listening <laughs> to some of your podcasts. This is, this is great. I'm in the presence of podcast Adventist podcast royalty here so thank you <laughs> well for the privilege. I, I think it's I think it's uh I think it's appropriate because we are in uh the presence of TikTok royalty right now it's <laughs> it's fantastic um True. no this is really exciting uh I think we I think everybody you love you love a good chai don't you Josh I do but I don't think my chais are at the level no. of Kevin's Kevin's chais um it's so true. Yeah. yeah, you're you're like watching the videos because this is good to know when the when the stalking is mutual, ladies and gentlemen. So he's he stalked <laughs> us, but we also stalked him, and now yeah. it's actually like, hey, let's get it all out in the open. Let's talk. <laughs> um, and just watching Kevin, I didn't know chais could be made to the level that Kevin makes a chai. Really, no, no, not at all, not at all. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah, no, there is. Uh, I mean, chai is such a core part of you know southeast asian cultures and if and depending on how uh you are raised in those cultures and um depending on how much you want to get into it like you can go into like levels into that thing you know how some people are in, so like bougie about their coffee like oh, yeah. talk, oh it's like the notes you know i'm tasting some fruit loops and blueberries <laughs> and you know peanut butter and my coffee or whatnot like it's you know, whatever it's conflict-free or whatever. You know, and I'm, again, I'm not saying this to put put those people down. That's I think that's awesome. So you can like get to that level of like you can get that granular in, with your interest uh, in chai as well. So yeah, it's just a lot of depth to it. So oh. was was chai for you? Did you did you grow up? Was that sort of the drink in your household when you were growing up? Yeah. So uh, you know. In, in Sri Lanka, we called it we called it uh, Tetani in my language because I spoke Tamil. Um, so in Sri Lanka, you speak Tamil and Sinhalese. And so, I, growing up, you had uh, y- you had uh, milk tea, and you didn't call it chai in Sri Lanka, but you would call it chai. You could call it chai in India and Pakistan, and that's kind of how it's commonly um, referred to in, in especially in the West. But yeah, I, I grew up with it. My dad makes made it for us. Uh, uh, from the time we, you know, we were little kids, and so, yeah. When I, uh, 
so I always made it, you know, when people ask me to come over to their house, I'll make it for them. And uh, especially when I came to the States when I was 18 years old, uh, chai was one of those things that like I held on to because it gave me a sense of uh, nostalgia and, and home and helped me to just kind of hold on to those things, you know. And so over time, it just, and now it just became, it's, it's, it's kind of blown out of uh, proportions. I didn't expect anything to like think how things happen in the way they were right now. So that's kind of how it's been. Chai. Yeah. Wow. So is it, is that very communal to you as well? Like it's something you use to build community? No, absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, growing up, like I, we never, I can't remember a time where uh, very, very few times where you would have tea or chai by yourself you know it's always with somebody else like one of the non-negotiables that i have even right now is that you always make more always make more um for somebody else and um yeah so if you go to india if you go to pakistan parts of southeast asia even parts of africa yeah chai is it's it's a very communal thing it just brings people together regardless of who you are what you are what, you know, and also in in certain parts of, of of India, you you would not make important decisions unless you had a cup of cup of chai before. You know, because it's wow. just it's kind of like this disarming thing where like everybody's like on the same kind of level, and now you can talk about stuff. So um, yeah, no, it's it's a very important thing. Wow, that's that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of transfers a little bit into well some western culture i don't know about the u.s but like british culture and then into new zealand australia people come over you always have a cup of tea together kind of thing you just always offer to make yeah. a cup of tea yeah a lot i don't of know overlap. if it's quite yep. to the same level but yeah it's cool communal communal warm beverages we're all for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so can so, you run us through oh sorry jesse did you want to go Oh, no, all good. I was just going to ask really quickly for our viewers, um, just FYI, uh, you mentioned grew up in Sri Lanka uh, and then came to the US when you were 18. Do you want to give us sort of like a, a very quick bio, sort of get to know you? Uh, who is Kevin Wilson and uh, where are you situated now? What do you do with your time apart from um, TikTok? We want to get into TikTok. That's going to be the main thing. TikTok and Chai, obviously. But can you just give us that that quick sort of get to know you? Yeah. So I was uh, I was born in Sri Lanka, 90s baby. Let's go. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys are 90s babies. 92. But yeah, 90s. Okay. Okay. Good. 91. Good, good. Just, just in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I grew up uh, born born in Sri Lanka. I lived there till I was about twelve years old, and then my family immigrated to the the Middle East, particularly specifically Oman. It's a country in the Gulf region of the Middle East, very close to Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, and we we went there because of employment for my parents. And so, um, so I spent my elementary school years in Sri Lanka. Then I did my high school in Oman, and when I was eighteen. Uh, I got uh, the green card through a lottery. That's a whole story for another day. But my, my family applied for the green card through the USCIS at the time uh, where if you were, you, if you applied for the green card and if your application gets picked, you get to go through the, uh, an interview in the US embassy of your country. And if you get approved there, you get the green card. So that there was like a window of time during that, that during that period where it was possible. And so, uh, my whole family applied. I was the only one who got it. And so wow. I came to 
to Maryland when I was 18 years old with two suitcases and a backpack and just trying to figure out what to do. And then to make the long story longer, um, <laughs> I went to uh, Andrews and started there, theology, finished there, got sponsored by the Southeastern California Conference here in um, California. And they put me through seminary, and now I've, I'm I'm here in San Diego, California, for the last three and a half years uh, as a youth and young adult pastor. So, yeah, married, um, got married three years ago as well, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the little blurb. <laughs> yeah, wow. uh, can I quickly ask about? So you went to study theology. So did you grow up Adventist, and how? When did you figure out that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, so I grew up Adventist. My my mom, my mom, my mom and my dad did not grow up Adventist. My mom was Hindu, mm-hmm. and my dad was Catholic. They met at an Adventist institution in Sri Lanka. They got mm-hmm. baptized, and so by the time you know we showed up, they were already Adventists. So I grew up in the Adventist church, but um, I I didn't really want to become a pastor. Excuse me. I actually wanted to be a pilot uh, for at a very from a very young age. Wow. And uh, when I was 18, when I came to the States, I just had one goal in mind. I wanted to become a pilot. And so I applied to all the pl- flight schools and all of them, none of them worked out either because of finances or because of my abysmal high school GPA. And um, uh, out of sheer desperation, really, I talked, I just challenged God. I said, God, like if you are around if you exist because i was kind of struggling with that during that time um i want you to pay my way through school and i'd be and i told him i'll be a pastor for you if you can send me through andrews <laughs> now why pastor and why andrews because when i grew up at the in the small in, a, in my small church in sri lanka and also in in, in oman they kept telling me it's like yeah, you'd be a good pastor you know and uh, all of that stuff and like i knew how to say the right things you know like i knew i i was the kid who knew all the bible answers i knew the sermons. I was the kid who was already always picked up to just go and speak somewhere. So they thought that like, oh, this guy's gonna be a good pastor. And so I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So it's like, God, I don't have, I don't know what I have to do, pastor. And Andrews, because at the time in 2008, I thought that Andrews University was the only Adventist university in the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no idea about the other. Yeah, the other. I had no idea about the other universities or institutions. Um, Partly because uh, Andrews was probably the most visible university. It's the most. It has a uh, global presence and international presence. Mm-hmm. And so I always watched 3ABN growing up, and I used to see it as a little kid. I was like, oh, I'd love to go to Andrews one day and take a picture with Pastor Dwight. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I ended up working with him. It was crazy. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I went through went through Andrews, and I think the calling was kind of like a. It was kind of like a growing thing. I just kind of grew into it, and so yeah, here here I am. Wow. <laughs> I am okay. I am kind of quickly interested about um, Adventism in um, is Oman. Is that the mm-hmm. yeah? We we often don't hear much about what Adventism is like in that part of the world. Uh, I guess just just quickly, what do you reckon about sort of the differences between that and Adventism where you are now? Yeah, a lot of differences, man. Okay, for one, you know, Oman is a predominantly Muslim country. Yeah. And when people talk about the Middle East, I think most of them, 
I don't know if it's intentional or not. You know, you, you tend to have hasty general generalizations about the whole Middle East, when in fact every country is different, you know, and the freedoms that they allow for other religions and other uh, people, groups, and races are different. So Oman is a very metropolitan country. They, were, they are open to different people and religions, and so which, was, which we were thankful for, definitely compared to other countries in the, in the area. So... Uh, most of the population in Oman are comprised of expatriates. So these are people mm. who have come from different parts of the world to Oman for employment purposes. Mm. And so my parents, obviously, that's how they came. And so the Adventist population in Oman was very, very diverse, very, very um, uh, cultural. You know, you have people from India, Pakistan, you got some Americans, some Britishers, people all who were there to work. But... Uh, but there were some challenges as well uh, of being an Adventist in Oman. One of them, one of them being early in, in, in during that time, the weekend in Oman was Thursday and Friday, not Saturday uh-huh. and Sunday. Saturday was the first day of the week, which is problematic for people because uh, in order to work there, now you'll have to also sign a contract that says that you also have to work on Saturday. And so you have, I remember growing up in our church and you have like these two groups of people who are like, they're on one hand, on the one end, you have people who are just, I I will do whatever it takes to keep Saturday on, a Sabbath on Saturday. Um, So even if that means I have to quit my job and go back home, I'll do that. But then there were other people who, they were working on Saturday, but they were still Adventists, you know, very active in the church. And so I grew up kind of, it was an interesting it was an interesting kind of culture to grow up um, and because, uh, you know, you, you had different people having different ideas about theology and, and Sabbath, but they were all uh, just lovely people who wanted to follow God, who wanted to hold on to faith. And so uh, it, it was a very close-knit uh, group, regardless of differences. So, yeah. Um, so that was, I think, was probably one of the main differences, um, mm-hmm. Adventism in Oman compared to here, I would say. That's that's, a that's pretty big fascinating. Because <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people like growing up in the West, that whole idea of um, keeping the Sabbath on the on the day that it's meant to be is often a very <laughs> academic discussion. It's sort of like, oh, well, if I'm ever challenged or if I ever have this going on, blah, 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 you know, I'll stick for my faith. But actually, when it comes to the rubber hitting the road, um, I've often found hearing stories like what you just shared um, of people in different places where religion, especially Protestant Christianity or just Christianity in general, is not as it's not as respected um, by the state. It's it's a it's a lot more of a grey, nuanced sort of uh, discussion rather than just a, a simple "I will do what's right at no no matter the cost." Black and white, you know, is very interesting. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we were fortunate enough to, Oman was uh, ru- was ruled by a sultan, like a mm. sultan, you know, if you think of the Aladdin movies, you have the sultan, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a sultan in Oman. Um, and so this guy was, you know, he was such a gracious leader and um, and he, he actually did a lot of stuff for Christians. Mm. And when I talk about Christians, I'm talking about, I know, the Protestants, Catholics, all of this, all of, all of. Christian, uh, all the denominations together. And so he actually built churches for us. And so, yeah, we, uh, we had a good time under his, uh, under his rule. And um, yeah, yeah. So fortunate. That's very cool. That's very cool. Mm. 
Um, so, okay. So, Kevin, you move to the US. You go through Andrews. You get picked up. Uh, you move to San Diego. Um, where is where is Chai in all this this uh, this this whole scenario? Where where does Chai fit? <laughs> and how in the world does Chai lead you to TikTok? I know that's uh, we're just kind of just just asking the question. What's what's happening? Because I don't understand TikTok. I'm just going to say that Josh has a TikTok account. He makes TikToks or he made TikToks. I don't know quite what the status is on that, but I don't know anything. <laughs> Yeah, so I think you are, that's a two-part question. Let me answer. <laughs> yeah. Let me answer the first one, which is like, where is Chai and all this, right? And um, well, and then we'll talk about that later. So uh, you know, I grew up uh, in, in Sri Lanka. Chai is such a, a a core part of our our social life, and um, you can't imagine a relational network or a society without without tea. And in Sri Lanka, we don't call it chai, we call it, in, in Sinhalese, we call it te, or in Tamil, the language that I speak, we call it tethani, which is basically uh, black tea with uh, infu- uh, infused with uh, ginger and maybe some spices with with milk. And so we you, people would have like three, four cups of tea in a day, you know, at least. It was just such a, 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 a kind of a social adhesive, you know, in, in mm. many ways. Um, so I grew up with that. My my earliest memories were around tea was my dad making it for us. And so when I moved to the States when I was 18, I one, one of the things that I really wanted to hold on to were practices and and rituals that would help me hold on to uh, a, this, a sense of home, you know. Because I've moved so much, you know, the, my my concept of home, is, you know, it's very warped. And like, I always try to hold on to certain things that kind of give me a sense of stability and security in the midst of all the, the flux, right? Mm-hmm. And so for, for me, chai was one of those things, for sure. Now, uh, when we talk about chai, uh, typically we talk about uh, spiced tea mixed with milk and in India and Pakistan and other parts of the world, they call it chai. They don't call it uh, tea or what they call it in Sri Lanka. My first recollection of chai per se was when I was in Oman and I, I tried I, I, I tried the masala chai, which is basically the different spices. You mix, you hit it with the mortar and pestle, put it into your into your milk and you drink it. And for me, I was just like, well, this is amazing. And so from that point on, like that's kind of how I made it. Even though that's not how it's made in Sri Lanka. It's a little different. So... Um, so I held on to that and I, I started making it here and um, and, every, and my friends would know that uh, if I were to come to their house, I would make it for them. So Chai was never a main character, you know, in my, in my storyline. Uh, it was kind of like background. He was always there type of thing whenever I used to do different things and go to different houses. But uh, that leads me to what actually happened on TikTok. And I don't know if you want to go there now or if you want to go there later. Yeah, you can run the, run the timeline for us, man. I'm curious. Yeah. So it was somewhere around, I would say February of this year, February, February 20, or March, I can't remember. 2020? Yeah, 2020. I decided to just kind of document my chai making process on Instagram. At the time, I had like a decent following, you know, less than a, barely a thousand people on uh, Instagram, just family, friends, colleagues. And um, I decided to just kind of, you know, Instagram story, the whole thing. 
and it generated some interest and some people were like oh this is so cool you know this guy's doing a chai again so nice what not man blah 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 <laughs> I, I so i was just like okay cool let me and at the time i had a tiktok account and the only reason i had a tiktok at that time was to spy and stalk my youth cuz oh. i was like what what are these guys into cuz this was tiktok was like the buzz you know everybody yeah. was on it and their mother and their father and so i was like okay what's going on here like, i want to see so i got on the app and i quickly realized as to why it's so um attractive especially to a younger dem- demographic i mean the way the whole the way the entire app is just made is just for consumption and and also creating like it's 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 an app made for i would say mostly for for creators really and i was like man this is great but at the time i didn't think of it too seriously i was like okay you know i don't have time i don't have bandwidth to get into another thing i was already working on my youtube channel and I, that was mm-hmm. generating a decent amount of subscribers and so i said okay i'm going to just focus on that don't have time for tiktok but after my my story series on instagram on chai made made some buzz i decided to just take those stills it was just really still pictures and um put stitched together on my phone through an app and just do a voice over and just upload it on tiktok and see what happens i didn't no expectations and i put it on tiktok nothing happened for the first day few few views here and there it was just 20 at the time i had about 20 25 followers just usually my youth um really uh and then after about 6 or 7 days i started to my notifications started to go up like crazy and i went to my tiktok and said it was like hundreds and hundreds of views every single day wow and within uh within 10 days that particular video went up from like 100 views to about 20,000 and Whoa. then I was like wait something's happening here and it kept happening it just kept going and people started to share stuff and I was like oh wow and so after a couple of weeks uh two weeks from that point I went from I think about 20 to about 200 and then a week later to 10,000 um it just people just wanted to get they really wanted this stuff and i was like okay wow okay this is crazy and so i just started to after that i just started to make more chai content uh experimenting experimenting with different things uh different voiceover situations and yeah so that was in i started to seriously post stuff somewhere around april now yeah i'm at about 145000 yeah well wow. tiktok it's It's been crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's been crazy, man. So that's like the that's like the the the, the wide angle bird's eye view of what's what 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 what's going on on TikTok. So when did you say you started your TikTok account? What what was the month? It was this year. So yeah, we're this talking year. this year. So I started I had I had an account. I started an account in January. I didn't post anything till I think February. Okay. But I started consistently posting at the end at the beginning of April. Yeah. Okay. So there's a little bit of a time period between that first video and then you starting to actually post. So we're talking re- realistically 0 or 20 whatever to 145,000 almost 150,000 in between February and November, which is kind of insanity. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy, man. Yeah, wow. it's it, even even when I think about it right now, I'm just like, 
really? <laughs> it's quite a bit. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of my like. So when I had my, I just I deleted the app. I still have my profile on there. I might re-download it. I don't know. I'm I'm back and forth on it at the moment. But anyway, I I remember just watching like just the way their algorithm works on TikTok. It's kind of bizarre. I mean, my videos only ever well they got like two three thousand views or something which is pretty awesome like for me at the time i was like man that's crazy and i think i only got like 200 followers but i didn't know any of them which is weird for me even that was like yeah these people following me and connecting with me and my stuff was like very um very christian like that's but it was really cool just seeing the impact some sort of like a nobody in new zealand could have even just like just the way it works but then i would notice some videos nothing would happen and then all of a sudden an old video like that I'd done like multiple videos ago would just like come back up and get a whole bunch of views and likes out of nowhere. It was really strange. Um, Yeah, the algorithm on TikTok is probably one of the best algorithms out of any social media app right now, man. It's for that that one, for that very reason. You know, when you talk about Instagram, you talk about YouTube um, and uh, even, yeah, I would say Instagram and YouTube. You know, the, the, the algorithm is interesting where it's kind of like chronological where if you post something today, it'll generate some buzz. It'll generate some interest for that. Maybe today, tomorrow, and maybe a day after that. But then after that, it just dies down. You have to now keep posting mm. in order to kind of keep, keep doing that. Right. And, mm. uh, but whereas in TikTok, you post a video now, you never know if it's going to go viral or not. Like it, it can get picked up a week later by mm. an algorithm and it can go viral. And that's exactly what happened with my first, when I, my, the, the chai video, nothing happened for like 10 days and the 10th day just got picked up. And I, I seen that happen with multiple videos on TikTok. And so what people say on TikTok is just keep posting stuff, just put it out there. And it's kind of like this river, right? You're just posting stuff on the river and it just <laughs> takes it through and it's going to come back again. You never know what's going to happen. And so, uh, and that's why, uh, the 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 discoverability and the the potential for someone to go viral is extremely likely um, on TikTok mm-hmm. compared to other apps right now. Well, I think that's the thing that um, you know TikTok definitely has in uh, adv- advantage when it is compared to Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Is those algorithms have been notoriously unpredictable and um, just always changing and I, that's one of the things that I've always been frustrated, especially with YouTube and Instagram, is that you set up your um, your strategy for posting content, and then in a week or two weeks, that strategy is complete trash, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to continue to change. And I and I know that they're still always, you know, changing the algorithm for any social media application, but it just seems that TikTok has become this thing that is a lot more predictable where you know what you have to do and if you keep plugging away. But of course, I guess at the end of the day, if your content is interesting and if people actually want it, that's the thing that really matters. That's the thing that really counts, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you you know, the algorithm is just one piece, but then mm-hmm. you, you have to create good content. You yeah. also have to think about stuff like niche. You have to think about... Um, how is it benefiting the people you're watching? Like, who's your ideal audience? You got to you gotta start asking the same questions that you ask whenever you're posting on any social media platform, whether it's YouTube, whether you're podcasting, whether, you know, these are the fundamental basics. You got to think about those analytics, right? And also, you know, the, 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 the explosive growth that TikTok has right now 
it is not uncommon when you consider the history of other social media apps in the past you know when you have facebook when facebook was a big thing it blew up and there was just the algorithm was really really good youtube youtube when youtube started um i don't know if you guys you know realized that maybe maybe you remember when like youtube was like a thing but at the mm. time for a lot of people youtube was like the, the way they see tiktok now is how people saw youtube at its infancy back then they were kind yes. of like eh, it's whatever eh, you know it's okay yeah. but the early adopters they be, re, they reaped the benefits you know you, you got marquez brownlee and all these yeah. guys who are at like tens of millions of followers right now because they were like okay i'm going to see how this thing works and yeah it paid off right and so at the time the algorithm was very very generous but then as the app grew and the infrastructure yeah. Uh, grew then then they had to now start thinking about okay we need to kind of you know monitor the traffic and i think that probably i don't i think that might be also the case for tiktok as well mm-hmm. but uh but we don't know when that's going to take place so we now if, you reckon we yeah. might be living in that sort of mythical golden era that's it is not going to last possibly possibly cuz i know like that you instagram and i reels you and i like pro- instagram we, reels right now yeah my bad. You go. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, because like when I think of what you were just saying, the the early YouTube creators, you know, Marcus Brownlee, uh, Ray William Johnson, Filthy Frank, H3H3, they, they were the, the creators who kind of, they were the, they and many others were the ones that really created what YouTube is today. But in many cases, they no longer represent YouTube because either they haven't been able to shift or their content has shifted to the point where they're no longer the sort of person that they were, you know, H3H3 has their podcast now. That's that's all they do pretty much. Filthy Frank just quit YouTube completely and started doing music. Ray William Johnson is is, is gone and it almost seems like um, MQ, MQBHD is pretty much one of the only guys who's still kind of doing the same thing that he's always done. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, anyway, man. I cut you off before. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just about to just plug in and just say even uh, what's happening with Instagram Reels right now is one of those. Um, I think it's an opportunity for creators on Instagram. If you like have a substantial following on Instagram, you experiment with experiment with Reels right now. I mean, it's insane. Uh, I've been putting some Reels, experimenting with Reels, 15, 30 seconds once. And my first one is almost at a million views. Wow. It's ridiculous. And like, <laughs> yeah, just, just with that one Reel, uh, but the followership on Instagram, you know, went from, you know, that, that just that one video, 10 seconds, 10 or 15 seconds had 300, 400 followers, just like on that, on that day. It's ridiculous. So crazy. it's crazy. Yeah. 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 So we, again, we don't know how that, how long it's going to last, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The thing I have noticed with Instagram reels though, is they, everybody's first Instagram reel, they push it hard to get you hooked to keep making them. And then you see, I've seen it with every single reel that it drops. So your first one is really key. If you like, when you do that one, do it well. But then after that, it does get a little bit harder. I don't know. I think that's yeah. just Instagram being like, we want to be a little bit like TikTok. Yeah. But we don't really want to no. change that much. So we're just going to help you once or twice and then that's it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I am very pessimistic about uh reels the future of reels at least as a as a comp- at least as a competitor to tiktok i don't yeah. no no way. yeah well uh, it's kind of funny because like before tiktok it was snapchat was the big thing that instagram was trying to compete with and in some ways i feel like instagram has kind of killed snapchat a little bit um 
I I have it. I still have my Snapchat app, but I'd be lucky if I open it up once every six months. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stories now for Facebook and Instagram has become so ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. I do you see that happening with TikTok? Or are you are you just skeptical that they they can't reproduce the TikTok sort of phenomenon well enough? Um. You, you mean like if they can reproduce what's happening on TikTok on Instagram? Well, is that what you're asking? It seems like Instagram specifically is trying to kind of do like every time, like we saw this with 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 stories, you know, stories mm-hmm. became this thing that only Snapchat was really doing. And then Instagram said, okay, we can do that and then introduce it to Facebook. And it seems like that um, I, don't, I, I, don't have, I don't have data, but it seems that Snapchat has kind of fallen out of favor compared to the fact that I can have stories on Instagram and right. I can have regular Instagrams. Do you see that happening with TikTok or 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 not? I don't see that happening on uh, with TikTok uh, for uh, for multiple reasons. Right now, I think um, t- you know you, it, it's basically between TikTok and and Zuckerberg, you know, like. And then you have Google with YouTube. So TikTok is going to do whatever they can to improve that algorithm as much as possible. And so because the only way that they can stay in the game is if they can uh, keep improving the algorithm without compromising uh the ability for creators to be discovered without compromising the ability for creators to go viral. That's what's keeping, that's what's really separating TikTok from everybody else. And it's a creator first platform too, in the sense that everything in the app is like designed and is made for someone who actually wants to produce content. Um, And, um, and so even just the architecture of the app is is just very very different from Instagram and other places. So I think I think it's going to be take, at least I think it's going to take take a long time for for TikTok to go go stale or you know kind of get into some sort of a rigor mortis when it comes to its relevance. Um, so that's for me. That's kind of you know I, I right now I'm not like completely putting all my eggs in that basket, but. I realize that life just has, as as long as I just keep producing stuff, as long as I just keep showing up right now, you know, uh, yeah. that's kind of what I'm going to do. So, yeah. Riding the wave. Riding the wave. That's where it's at. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, I guess let's talk about you for a second. Like, how did it yeah. feel for you to go from, you know, I don't know, to just getting what? How many, how many was it? A hundred? No. How many followers was it on, on TikTok again? Sorry. Right now it's about 145,000. Let's That's just say 150. Of- Let's just round it up to 150, man. We're being prophetic. Yeah. By the time by the time this episode airs, it's going to be like 200. So, you know, yeah. let's, let's do this. Uh, but how did it feel for that. you to go to like be so, I don't know, your face going onto so many people's devices or whatever, like all these people following you? Was it, is it like a scary feeling? Is it weird? I don't know, confronting? Yeah. No, it's a good question. I Yeah, I remember when I first went viral, and I hit like 20K in like less than a month. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, this is insane. You know, it's, it's just TikTok. It's not YouTube or Instagram, mm. Facebook. So I, at the time I was kind of like, like, it's whatever, you know, nobody cares about TikTok, <laughs> you know. But I think what really kind of got me, or had me, had me pause was just the, 
just the amount of attention and how how much of an attention funnel TikTok was because as my TikTok started growing, everything else started to grow too. And my visibility just increased across the board. And yeah, it was nervous, man. Like I, it was nerve wracking. And I, I remember going, hitting like a, a, a not necessarily a wall, but just going through just kind of some sort of a crisis. I said, I don't want to be a TikTok star. Like, I don't know if I want to be known <laughs> as like a chai guy. I don't know if... <laughs> Because I know I'm a pastor. Like I don't. That's not. This is not what I want to like do. But people know me for this. And so initially, I had to ha- ask all these questions. And I don't know if you know. Um, I'm sure you do. Heather Thompson Day. Um, uh, she is a. So she is the. She's. You need to get her on a, on a podcast. By the way, it's just letting you know. Okay. Uh, if you yeah, can. I'll so she, she is the. She's the blueprint for. For Twitter. Ah. from the Adventist perspective. Like she's she's doing like almost 40K right now on, on Twitter. Wow. wow. She's a, yeah, she's an Adventist. She's a communicator. Anyhow, so she's kind of been my mentor for a long time. And like I, I talk to her, I give and ask her some stuff about ministry and communication, even before the TikTok st- things to happen. And so I called her up and, you know, I, I, I just said, I don't know what to do. Like, should I just keep doing this? You know, should I just quit? Because I don't know if I want to do this. And, and I'm I'm really indebted to her because she was she she had gone viral a couple of times on Twitter, and same so I, that's why I called her and she said, "Look, you you don't know how God might use these moments, you know, and I, just keep showing up as long as you are not compromising who you are, as long as you're not compromising your identity in Jesus, as long as you're not um, doing anything that's." that that is inconsistent with your calling like i don't see what you're doing as wrong as a matter of fact this is a nerve people obviously people want more of this and you're you're touching a nerve and they want they want stuff from you so maybe adopt your uh position um uh, f- from uh from being like a creator of stuff to like now you're serving the audience you're serving you're ministering to them and so that really was just kind of like a pivotal moment for me and said, you know what? And I prayed to God. I was like, God, I'm just going to keep showing up. And uh, now it's kind of a no brainer for me because I see this as ministry. Like mm. um, I, 145,000 people on TikTok, most of them not Adventist, most of them not Christian, um, people from different walks of life, people who, you know, the church has either marginalized intentionally or unintentionally or, uh, you know, are ill-equipped to serve and minister and nourish them. Those are the people who keep showing up on my, mm-hmm. on my TikTok. Um, and also my Instagram, a considerable amount of followers on Instagram. They know that I'm a Adventist pastor. They know I'm a student pastor, but they still keep showing up. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, even defend me uh, on TikTok uh, against like other people who might like say some negative things about me because I'm not Christian enough or whatnot. And so they're like, yo, you know, no, don't mess with this guy. So it's like, whoa, this is crazy. This is like this, there's this tribe of different people from different walks of life. A good portion of them Christian, but a majority of them are not. And I'm like, Mm. I love it. I love it here. This is great. So Mm. that's cool. uh, One of the things that I get fascinated about is the comment section, as you just mentioned. Um, You like my my the my main reference point is YouTube for the comment section, which is either usually memes or is pretty vitriolic. Uh, What's your what's your comment section like? 
mostly mostly positive mostly mostly positive but the minute i talk about something other than chai so i've been experimenting with just me talking about my faith and um talking about like where i lean politically i've been kind of not necessarily vocal per se but just just have expressed some of some concerns and some opinions that i have now those things have generated you know some some attention from other people and um and not not always very very positive and um yeah yeah you know you always get those comments uh, and uh, part of part of the job is just to see you know just to keep your eyes on and and where it needs to be and just keep just mm. keep posting so mm. Pot- uh potentially vain question but i i'm just interested do you get do you get recognized out in the wild like you're Ooh. in a cafe in san diego or you're just walking down the street do people do people recognize you as the chai guy <sighs> not uh I haven't had that experience yet. Like I haven't had that experience okay. where I just walk and they're like, "Oh, look at this the guy." No, I haven't had that. However, some of my youth have shared uh my me with like some of the other friends um who are not necessarily from the church but from all walks of life, you know, their family maybe in different part of the world and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know this guy." Like I've been following him. Like is he your pastor? Well, <laughs> <laughs> so so that's that's happened quite a bit. Okay, a funny crazy thing. I went to Portland uh for my friends ordination uh, you know his last uh, service uh, service there and he was leaving to seminary and when i went there one of his youth saw me and this dude quickly ran inside the church got a sharpie and <laughs> came to me he's like are you kevin wilson cross culture christian on tiktok he's like yeah that's me oh my god and then he proceeded to take remove his shoe is a really nice white beautiful stan smiths um no. and he gave it to me and he said with his sharpie can you please i beg you can you please sign my shoe at <laughs> church on a saturday afternoon i'm like are you kidding me right now <laughs> so was, that's probably one of the most bizarre bizarre things i've had to experience but yeah <laughs> well, I can say without without a shadow of a doubt, I've never been asked to sign somebody's shoe. So you once I been? once that <laughs> how does it happen to me to Josh? Yes, once that <laughs> happens, time. I know that I'll have arrived. <laughs> that's amazing. It's weird, man. It's super oh, weird. That's so oh funny. But I was I was humbled. I was humbled. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, so did you do it? Of course, man. <laughs> yeah, of course. I said, uh, I, I wrote, there's more to life than what meets the chai. Oh. <laughs> yes. I yeah. imagine you would have made his whole week. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so yeah. he's like, ah, oh, perfect. That's so yeah, good. So, well, good. Uh, so run us through, like, I mean, there are a lot of people who have the same sort of following as you, and yet they do that kind of as their job, you know, or at least a part-time employment. Um, whereas you still work as a pastor full-time. Yep. Full-time. Um, yeah. It's actually kind of hard to keep keep up. Like, I mean, I find it hard to keep consistent on social media. I mean, I really value it, but I find it quite hard to keep keep consistent with it and keep consistent with my, my work as well. And I don't have anywhere near the following you have. So it's, yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you deal with that? 
Yeah, man. I, you know, to be honest with you, that's the question that I still am trying to answer and try to figure out because, you know, all this is relatively new. I mean, we're talking last seven months, you know, mm. it's, so uh, I've had to put, I have to really think about boundaries. I've had to really double down on my schedule, you know, as a pastor, before all of this stuff happened, there's this kind of illusion that you have, you know, this, all this time to do stuff in the sense that, you know, when you're at home, especially in COVID, like nobody's telling you, okay, you need to be here and go there. And so, uh, but now I, I have to, I have to time block stuff. I have to time block time for creating. I have to time block things for work. Um, so uh, that's kind of how I am able to, I'm at least trying to uh, stay, stay um, above water. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy, but I think what makes it easy and also enjoyable is when you know your why, like, why are you doing this? Hmm. Why are you in ministry? Like, why are you a pastor? You know, if you can quit if you want to, but why are you not quitting? So I have my reasons for why I'm not quitting. And I also have, uh, you know, a why for why I'm creating. So, and for me, both my full-time ministry as a pastor and what I do on TikTok, for me, both of them is ministry for me. Uh, for different audiences. And so as long as I kind of have like a clear why and I know that it's consistent with who I am, um, it, it kind of becomes like this North Star that can help you guide through, you know, the, the daily decisions. Um, so do you have a um, do you have a schedule? Like are you pretty rigid with your with posting content and stuff like that? What does that look like for you? It's not as uh, structured as I want it to be. Uh, a lot of people think that like I am, but ugh, it's not as structured. What What is structured are a couple of things. I think uh, so Mondays are usually like the, the days that I, the whole day on Monday, I uh, time block uh, set set apart for content creation. So that's planning, content ideas, even creating stuff, the TikToks. And I try to batch create a lot, a lot of stuff on Monday because I'm, I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So five days a week there. Sunday is like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Sunday keeper because I'm a um, seventh average <laughs> church pastor. Yeah. So y'all, y'all know that. You all yeah, know we that. Get it, bro. So, we get um, it. <laughs> so <laughs> Monday is just uh, creating content creation days. And then my posting schedule on TikTok, it's like every other day I post, I try to post something on TikTok, something. And then if I post something on TikTok, it's it's just a matter of like repurposing it and then just putting it on to uh, Instagram, either reels or, so it's usually TikTok, post it and then take it and then put it on Instagram right after. So I have this kind of interesting strategy. If I'm posting a chai video on TikTok, I, do, I, I put the recipe um, on Instagram. So people have to kind of follow me there. And so uh, it's kind of like that. So that's like an attention funnel. So you want to have different funnels. So I want to have, like, I, I want to have stuff on each of the platforms that I, that they will not find on other places. So yeah. on TikTok, on TikTok, I have the TikToks, but then some other uh, small mini videos there. On Instagram, I have the recipes plus behind the scenes content, which you can't find on TikTok. But then on Twitter, it's more like Christian stuff where I like talk about my thoughts on what's happening from a Christian perspective. So I'm still kind of figuring out what to do on YouTube, but that's that's mm. kind of what I am right now. So that's, yeah. 
Because I feel like that would be the next logical step, like is 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 get into YouTube because that's it seems to be that's where the big money maker is. But actually, I don't even know that. Like I say that, but I don't know. What does the financial side of TikTok look like for you? Or for anybody really. Just well, yeah, I think this it, is yeah. an interesting question because people who are wanting to get into TikTok probably also want to know how much could I potentially make money? Could I potentially make it my career? I know that's yeah. very aspirational. When I talk to kids, I'm a chaplain. So I talk to the kids yeah. at my school. That's what they want to do. It used to be YouTuber. Now it's TikToker. TikToker. And they Pastor think Jesse, they... how do I use TikTok to make it rain? That's what they want to know. <laughs> that's the exact question they ask, isn't They're it? They're very articulate. It's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> you can make it mildly overcast i don't know about <laughs> make it rain although i have to well let me give you myself as a case case study and then people can make their decisions based on that um so on tiktok there are a couple of different ways to to make uh to generate income the the there are a few ways of generating income natively through the app so you can subscribe for ads through TikTok and then you can actually you pay TikTok to promote your stuff, which will uh, generate more views. Okay. So that, that'll boost your whatever. But in terms of actual money, the, once you hit 100K on TikTok, you get to, uh, you can opt to join this thing called the creator fund. And the creator fund is basically like this big pool of money uh, that's put into TikTok and it's based on how well you do on your videos, you get a certain percentage of that uh, oh. after, and that you can cash out at the end of like uh, two months. So now that depends on your views and your subscribers. Well, actually mostly views. So uh, for me, it doesn't generate much. I mean, with the views that I'm making, it's like uh, a dollar for like 10,000 views. Wow. Yeah. Which is oh. not which is not much. That seems no. very stingy. But I guess very very small. Yeah. But when you have a lot of creators who are uh, who are uh, applying for it, like you, that 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 can even reduce even even more. Yeah. Mm. But so if you're if you're depending on the creator fund, that's not a good that's not a wise financial option for you, but here's how you can make money. TikTok is an attention funnel. So like if you do really well on TikTok, you can potentially get or fun, uh, divert, divert much of the attention to uh, other places. So on Instagram and also your YouTube. So that's one way a lot of people make money. They'll get a massive following on TikTok and they won't say, okay, if you want like a more version of like a longer version of this, follow me on YouTube. So YouTube subscriber count goes up mm. and then, you can you can actually monetize your content better there on on YouTube. So that's one way to do that. The probably the most lucrative way of making money is through sponsorships on on TikTok, and that's kind of how I am making some some side income as well. Um, after my TikToks went viral, and my Instagram grew, that that kind of created interest for other shy companies, and they actually reached out to me. And they said, "Hey, uh, would you mind reviewing the stuff?" And uh, or and so for for whatever they want to do, like you have like a certain like a pay rate you know, that you give, and then so you can you can actually charge anywhere between depending on your uh, content, you can charge between I don't know three hundred dollars to a thousand dollars per post, um, um, based on your subscriber account, based on your follower follower account uh, follower rate wow. uh, numbers, and so. 
for me, I'm working with a chai company right now on the side. I got that whole clear, whole thing cleared with the conference, and I asked them, "Hey, is this is this cool?" And so they gave me some things to think about and got the green signal. And so I'm working with these guys for a flat fee every month. And so if someone wants to go full time, they can, but it's going to take a while for them to. You you you'll have to work hard to get an audience first. You mm-hmm. have to start creating a product that you can actually market and sell. Um, and that could be recipes that could just be, you know, uh, your own products. And then uh, as long as you have a tribe, as long as you have an audience um, and there's a need for it, and then it's just a matter of growing it and actually making it, a whole, making it, making it your big thing. And so for me, like I can technically quit uh, ministry if I want to right now and then go full throttle on TikTok and Instagram and, and start actually generating more income than what I'm getting in my ministry. Um, I can, I can. Yeah, uh, I technically can. But, uh, but again, now it comes down to your why for what you're doing. Right. And so at this point in my journey, I don't see this being like a full-time thing. Although uh, I'm beginning to see that what I'm doing on TikTok can actually uh, open up many doors for me in terms of what I really, really want to do. Um, in terms of ministry in the future. And so that's kind of how I'm seeing this thing right now. And so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's wow. Cool. That's so interesting. Like, I don't know. You don't you don't hear this sort of thing every day that it's just like, oh, I've got this whole thing going on. I could quit my full-time ministry to do this other full-time ministry if I wanted to, but I want to keep doing both. Like, that's pretty... It's pretty. It's pretty massive response. I don't think people probably people who aren't pastors probably don't comprehend the responsibility that comes with both of those. Yeah. So like, um, P- there's there's a ton of people who show up on on my TikToks who know that I'm a pastor who but 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 are not Christian, you know. And right. so the atheists, there are agnostics, there are. Let me tell you this. This is crazy. A couple of weeks ago, someone reached out to me on Instagram and she was, she DM'd me and she said, are you Adventist? Like with like multiple question marks. And I said, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's in my bio. So yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then she, she was, she was shocked. She was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so insane. And I said, why? <laughs> like, I've never met this person. I don't know who this person is. She's like, well, guess where I heard from you? heard about you guess where i heard about you from and then she sent me a link and i kid you not guys this was a podcast by two witches okay on witchcraft oh right? yeah that's normal so two, so two yeah two <laughs> two ladies who were who identify as as witches and they have this podcast where they talk each week about you know, things like potions and the winter solstice and all of that stuff. And so they sent me this episode. She sends me this episode and she said, fast forward all the way to like minute 47 and then listen. And then I was like, okay. So I take the thing and I listen. It, it This is so bizarre to me, even as I think about it right now. Towards the end of every episode, what, what these two people do is they talk about things that they resonated with over the last week. They call it sparks or something. And so this 
this one of one of the witches she said you know what i i have a spark and i really want to mention this to you you know there's this person i met on tiktok his name is kevin wilson he goes by cross culture christian he's a christian guy and he just he he does this amazing chai videos and you know i'm just not there for the chai i think i just love how he talks about the good life and things like compassion and forgiveness and using chai as an allegory for all things awesome and um, and she was just going on and on about me for the next like couple of minutes and then she's like you know everybody who was listening you know please go check him out he's he's awesome and uh, and that's how the thing ended <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> like if if they had told if they had said if my seminary professors had told me you know one day you're going to be in ministry and you're going to be in a podcast on witchcraft <laughs> you know, I, i would not have but here we are and so that, that's just one of many interactions that i've had with people um, yeah as a that's result crazy. of what i do on tiktok and so yeah it's crazy I have so many questions around this. <laughs> so wait, the girl who messaged you, is she Adventist? And if so, why is she listening to a podcast on witchcraft? Wow, well, Josh, that's I a didn't even know there was a whole that's so mental. My goodness. No, well, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just asking, is that a thing? <laughs> right. Is that what the kids are into now? Like is oh, <laughs> maybe. Okay, so this lady who messaged me, she was former Adventist who's oh, now okay. into witchcraft. Okay. and then she's now followed me on Instagram and wow. with full knowledge that I'm an Adventist pastor and um yeah so that's the that's that piece of thing uh, side of uh, the story but on TikTok witch talk is a thing um <laughs> there's just a whole there's a whole tribe a community of of witches and pagans i mean they call themselves this and and they would do content and you know what uh they've taught me a lot about like what they're into you know the, one of the common misconceptions about what they do is that all they talk about is uh casting hexes on people and right. you know yeah, <laughs> satanism throwing stuff on christians and stuff like that but there is a I, i've come to understand that there's like a kind of a sect or denomination or group or tribe within witchcraft that is very just new agey but very innocent i mean these guys you think like think hippies think um crystals right. think like care yeah. for the earth think climate change like woke witches you know and it's like <laughs> interesting <laughs> who uh you know but that, that, that there's a group for that uh, i love and, uh, it it's interesting woke witches i i just think that is that is the, that is the coolest thing ever it's so funny <laughs> fascinating yeah oh. no i mean i i had a friend who was who was a witch and so i mean and, but she was more on that side of it not yeah she did yeah. talk about she did talk about a hex and, and stuff it's it's funny as a christian like it was a bit scary at a time at yeah the time. but anyway, as a yeah. as a christian you definitely get conditioned against that sort of thing like when we were going through avondale i don't know if you remember this josh but on uh, one of the walks because it's all in the bush you know it's this huge bush area oh my gosh i remember the, this i know what you're talking right? about right so there's yeah, this yeah, yeah. place right next to the river which apparently is a haunt for local witches and wizards where they go to cast their spells and it's very creepy and there's like so these like straw huts or whatever that people have made and it's like even in this holy place you know we have this fear of these satanic you know and it's this weird sort of vibe i don't know did you ever have any experiences i never had any experiences josh did you have any 
Yeah, no, look, I don't know if it was just p- stories that people told to freak out first years or something, you know. I don't know if there's actually anything there. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But I know, I know, I do know that in other areas not far from Avondale, that, so it's nothing to do with Avondale, but there was a bit of a scene for that. Yes. We had the crystal and, shop. Yeah, which was just up the road. Yeah. And I think that's quite, that's not just a crystal shop because a friend I know who's very into crystals said that's like one of the best in New South Wales crystal shops. Wow. The best in mm. New South Wales. One of, one of the best, which is. The best yeah. in the regional area of Kurunbong. <laughs> Sorry, Kurumbong isn't a very big place. Just for our international <laughs> audience, yeah. um, but I, that. Yeah. but I, I do, I do love Kevin. How, how you know, through the power of Chai and Jesus, that you are reaching all these people. That I, I, I'm assuming that you would never have reached, or would never have even probably known about, um, were it not for this platform. So that's quite incredible. I, I do want to talk about Chai. We're going to we're going to talk about Chai at the very end. But one last question about that: In what way has has this whole experience shifted the way that you think about ministry, evangelism, and reaching out to people? Because I don't know about you, but growing up as an Adventist, you you tend to have a very sheltered, very sort of us versus them attitude when it comes to people who are not inside the tribe. So how has this sort of has it has it shifted? It I'm assuming it has. What has that been for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that has happened to me with my TikTok is, is it's forced me to uh, revisit my understanding of ministry and my understanding of evangelism. And so, you know, I think that at this point, at least, I see a difference between those two. Mm-hmm. Ministry in its basic sense is, I think, practicing the way of Jesus by by serving one another without reservation or qualification. And it's also the calling that like every Christian accepts once they have chosen to order their lives according to, you know, the way of Jesus, the Gospels, um, as revealed in Scripture. So that's ministry. Paul talks about this. He calls it the ministry of reconciliation. Real, where it's the 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 calling that all Christians have to bridge the gap between you and previously who are enemies of God, you know, mm. through your through your presence. Uh, evangelism, I think, is a specific type of ministry where someone is inviting somebody else to reorient their lives or their desires in the way of Jesus. You know, this could be either through a personal conversation, it could be through a seminar or a sermon or a social media post, where you're explicitly asking them, hey, follow Jesus, you know, follow this guy. Um, I, you know, put it another way, I would say, you know, evangelism is ministry, but not all ministry is evangelism. I, I mm. do see kind of a, a difference between those two things. I don't know if other people might agree, but, um, and and so that's kind of what I try to do in TikTok kind of veers more on the ministry side of things, like at least according to my definition. You know, I make videos about Chai in an effort to, A, just educate people about the culture, the history, and the practice of Chai, and also use it as a medium for for storytelling where I talk about my own life, my immigrant experience, my my third culture kid experience, my even my experience through religion and faith. And then, B, to kind of bridge the relational gap between them and me, you know, between me, an apprentice of the way of Jesus, um, through the Adventist theological imagination, and and them, whatever they believe, without any strings attached. And so uh, that's kind of what this TikTok journey has has taught me. And man, like 
I think much of what passes off as online ministry on social media, I think, in my humble opinion, is basically just talking to Christians and just Christians, just scratching their backs and confirming the things that they already believed. Mm. And you're talking that you, and because, because when you, uh, judging by what you're saying and how you're saying it, you are assuming that the person that who's listening to you also has the same base level assumptions about reality and God and the metaphysical, but that's, and you guys know this and like, and we pastoring right now, we know this like that. We can't assume that anymore. Yeah. And so when we go and we, when we lead with stuff like, you know, I, in the Bible, it says, you know, in chapter, it's like, bro, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Cause yep. that's not, that's not their starting point. And so with chat, with, with TikTok and Chai, like my, my, I don't lead with orthodoxy. I lead with empathy. Mm. You know, there's a difference. Yes, you know you're not compro- you're not compromising your orthodoxy, you're not compromising your truth, you're not compromising your identity, you're not compromising who you are in Jesus, but you're choosing to start uh, from there, but you're not starting with that. Mm. Okay, what you're starting with is yourself, your story, your uniqueness, and I think God has been taking me through this journey of helping me kind of reframe my story, not as an liability you know for the longest time I, I thought my story was a liability because I didn't fit in man like and I came to Andrews as a theology student um, you know everybody uh, the every other person in my class was either like a great grandson of Uriah Smith or a <laughs> grandchild of Ellen White and like all these <laughs> Adventist pedigrees and there's this kid wow. from Sri Lanka who got a green card and it's trying to like I don't you know like I always yeah. felt like and I don't is this is this what but God has been taking me through this journey of like, yo, you know, I've given you a story. Like I've given you things that you enjoy. I've, I've blessed things in your life. And, and uh, at this point and in this season of my life, it just so happens that that tea, like a cup of tea is just this symbol through mm. which I can get to share what, uh, what God has done in my life, you know, disarming, uh, uh, open, I guess, Narr- in, a, in a way that it's just like a story and not like telling people what to do. Mm. So, yeah, man. So I, it's really just kind of shifted my understanding of ministry. It's really shifted my understanding of ministering to the other, whoever the other is, uh, especially right now in this country where, you know, when you are, when you, when they find out that you're a Christian, like all of these things come up, you know, like, oh, mm. you're a Christian. So you must be this, you must yeah. be this and this and this and this and this. And mm. that's, that's the, the moral atmosphere right now especially here in, in in america so when people find out that i'm a christian more often than not they're like kind of shocked they're like wait you're a christian like i thought wait what mm. how and so now we can talk about stuff you know mm. we can now engage there engage and go there if you want to so they might come for the chai but they might stay a little longer for something else mm. and i've told god god Whatever they want to stay for, that's up to them. And that's up to you. And it's between me and them and you. And uh, you let me know and we can and we can talk about you if you want to. And that's happened. And I've mm-hmm. had conversations with this Hindu kid who found me on, on TikTok. And, he's, and he said, bro, like, I'm, let's, let's set up a Zoom call. Uh, I literally have no idea about Jesus, but 
I think you're just cool. And if like all Christians were like you, I think, uh, I think there might be something to it. And I'm like, bro, I don't, you know, like you've, you have, you, you haven't seen half of me, but, um, <laughs> but let's have a conversation. And so, so we ended up talking about the gospels for an hour. Mm, and there was an, and there was another, uh, another pagan person who was like, I'm decidedly atheist, but if you're, if you're my pastor, like, I would love for you to be my pastor. And wow. people Whoa. like, I would, I would, I left the church, like, just a couple of months ago, but if I had you as like, you know, like stuff like that, and I'm just like, that is crazy. And the world needs Adventists, Christians who own their story, man, who, mm. who, um, who are able to surrender their lives to Jesus so that God can show them like who they are and what they're interested in so that through them, their lives can become a launching pad for something deeper and something more meaningful mm. um, for other people. And so that's kind of the journey that I'm on right now. And it's great, bro. It's really, really, really awesome. Wow. That's Best. so cool. I love that. And that should be like a, it's just a really cool place that I, I want people to float on and think like, what can, what can you use to, bridge the gap between people mm. um it's a big question i think a lot of people they have their you know they feel like their secular life and their sacred life or something but <laughs> often yeah. it's like well no the things that like it you're one whole person and that whole being can be used to connect um so yeah, that's really cool um, so so really quick yeah. like there I, so I, i've been writing some notes recently just kind of trying to give people tools like because that's the question that a lot of people have like how do i do that right yeah. like how do i minister from my story and from my giftedness and so for me at this point there are three things that has helped me number one whatever it is it has to be obviously beneficial to the other okay so that means practically pick a niche and save them from your giftedness like you look into your own lives and find out like what are things that you really enjoy, you know, uh, look, do like an, like a, like an inventory of sorts and find out, find out one thing that you're like, or a couple of things that you're really good at. And here's a question that I have for a lot of people and especially my youth when they ask me, I said, if someone were to give you the mic and for, for an hour and, and you don't, um, you don't have time to prepare and you're not, and, and you're going to give this thing without any notes, what are you going to talk about? So don't mm. prepare, no notes. What are you going to talk about for an hour? Mm. Start there and write down a list of things. And that's kind of, that's, and you eventually come to your sweet spot. You know, like you tell me to talk about chai. I can talk to you for hours, hours <laughs> about it. Right. So that can be coffee for somebody else. That can be, um, I don't know. There can be so many different things for different people. Star Wars. And what are you good at? And then start there and share with people. So the second yeah. thing is, uh, so obviously beneficial. And then the second thing is, you have to be genuinely curious about the other. Mm. You got to be genuinely, genuinely interested in other people. Um, and especially in a culture that is already allergic to religion and even more to institutionalized religion. Like I said, we can't afford to lead with orthodoxy. We must lead from empathy. We have to We mm. there's, there's no other choice. And that means to step into somebody else's story and like hear them and listen to them and start from where they're at, not from where mm. you are or not from where you want them to be. Very, mm. very different. Um, and, and, and you need, you need expertise to go viral, but you need empathy to build a tribe. Huh. So, so you, 
so what I have right now, I think, is a as a tribe of people who have united under Chai, obviously, but also the other things that are represented by it. And um, and I think the things that are represented by it is the fruit of the spirit. Hmm. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And that's that's for me, that's what I want to get get at through these things. You know, it's, it's meaningful content through through Chai. And so and you it starts with empathy. And um, and the last thing is you know uh, is is to be scripturally consistent, scripturally consistent. No matter what you do, um, you have to identify uh, if it's in scripture. Like, what does God say about it? Uh, what's you know, is it is it contradicting you know the gospels, the way of Jesus? And you start from there. Hmm. So yeah, obviously beneficial, genuinely curious, and scripturally consistent. You start there, and I think you can you can get somewhere. So. Hmm. At least for me, that's that's been helping me. So wow, that's, that's awesome. So good. I wrote that down. Um, I love that. Those are great notes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that's so good. I would say that's a great place to land the plane, but there's an even better place. <laughs> it feels weird to say after such a good say. It's not really. But there's another place we want to land the plane, and that is, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin has prepared something very, very special, specifically for the burn the haystack tribe i'm gonna steal that we're gonna say the burn the haystack tribe the haystack burners themselves um all of y'all we've been talking about chai so we need to we need to really level up the burn the haystack chai game okay so we need everybody on board with this all right you guys need everybody you guys need to just get real with chai you need to actually take this seriously we've been talking about this for years now and finally it's happening so, Kevin, nice. quit, pass yep. the mic to Kevin. Yes. Okay. For another hour. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Okay. So this was a fun exercise because you know you guys asked me to figure out okay, like if there was a chai recipe for the burn the haystack tribe, what would it be? And I had to do a little bit of searching and some digging, and uh, I have a couple of interesting things for y'all. So there. What, what the recipe that I'm going to give you is kind of it's going to, it's like a baseline masala chai recipe, but with a few things that are uniquely suited for for your tribe based on who you guys are. Okay, mm. yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, so the the typically for chai you you use loose leaf black tea, and that can come from different parts of the world. And so I wanted to find out if New Zealand has their own. Uh, tea that's endemic to that region, or and so it turns out there is, and so so apparently there's this black tea called zilong teas that okay. handpicked by only like the top the top three leaves, and that's certified organic and grown in the in the Waikato region. No joke, um, I have been to the zilong tea estate. I have had tea there. It's not too far from where I live. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I am on so this that- already. You have sold me. Yeah, so that so it's Waikato black tea from where you are, and there's a store in Hamilton. I think that's where you're from, right, Josh? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's there, man. So you get that. So that's a good. That's a good black tea yes. that you can use. All right. And then you need the other spices. So you got to spice that thing up. So the spices, the spice mix is pretty standard for masala chai, which is you need two, two small pieces of cinnamon bark couple of pods, uh, two to three pods of cardamom, uh, green cardamom pods. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you get uh, two peppercorns, one clove, one little petal of star anise, 
that's optional. If you don't like the licorice kind of flavor profile, you would avoid that. That's fine. It's okay. Uh, then obviously you you might need a little bit of ginger. Uh, mm-hmm. You need a little bit piece, small piece of ginger, like a teaspoon of ginger, half a teaspoon of ginger. Then uh, and one and a half cups of of milk and whatever milk you choose. So you want the milk to be a fatty milk. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I have gotten gone plant based recently, and so you you can either use two percent uh, if you're using cow's milk, but um, my personal go to is Oatly full fat oat milk. Oh, really good. I do like um, oat milk. Oatly full fat full full fat is key. You gotta have okay. full. Ca- Otherwise, the chai is gonna be really thin, and that's not the consistency that you want. You want it to be like creamy and thick. Um, so that's that, and then sugar. But then, so so that's the, so then I, then I was like, okay, there needs to be another thing. So you got the New Zealand piece there, and I want to get the Australian piece in there. Ooh. This might be a risk, but I haven't tried this, obviously. So you need to try it, and you let me know. <laughs> you might want to put maybe a teaspoon of Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Vegemite, I don't know if you guys do, because I was like, it, trying to look for, I'm so into it. I don't know. I just I just did a quick Google search and I was just like, "Are you guys into Marmite or Vegemite?" So I, I, Google mm. told me that Vegemite is your thing. I don't know. Sure. Is that is that correct? I don't know. I think Vegemite's more Australian, but Marmite. I'm into Marmite because it's sanitarium. So I, I support the Adventist sanitarium, but it, I can't. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two personally. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I know the correct answer is Marmite. But I'm gonna be honest. I'm a Vegemite guy. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Sam. I have I have had the sanitarium products at home, but I'm a Vegemite guy. I can't I can't deny it. So, I'm on this. I'm so on this. You, so so the Vegemite. But the thing is, Vegemites can, that that can ruin it. So you want yeah. to be very careful with the Vegemite stuff because I've had Marmite growing up in Sri Lanka. Okay. And I hated it. It's strong. Um, not my not my favorite. It's like one yeah. of those polarizing foods. But <laughs> uh, uh, but anyhow, but I think the flavor profiles of Vegemite, as I looked into it, could work with the chai mm. if if you're very careful about it. So I wouldn't put more than like a quarter teaspoon of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have um, to be very onto small. Onto your cup, so... That's, that's ah, there you awesome. go. That's your that's your tea. So right. I think I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna assemble the ingredients somehow, and then sometime in the next little while, we are gonna make a video or something like that to demonstrate to to see if it it's actually the real deal. I I, yeah. I was with you the whole way up until the the Vegemite piece. I'm not sure how that's gonna go, but we'll have to try it. We'll have to I see. Am- Full steam ahead on this, guys. All right. I will. Yeah. And I want to say, okay, so our, our, our audience is a bit international. So I understand it might not be possible for everybody to obviously to get the black leaf from the um, Zilong tea estate. Mm-hmm. So maybe just get whatever ingredients you can, make the chai, and then tag us in the post as yes. the Burner yep. Haystack chai. Obviously, the Vegemite being the key, <laughs> the key, the key thing. Yeah. For everybody else, uh, you, if you can't get the New Zealand tea, uh, some good quality top grade teas would be loose leaf Assam tea. That's from India, the up country of India. Loose yeah. leaf Assam tea. You can get that from your grocery store where you're. Uh, if you if you have an Indian kind of store, grocery store where you are, you can you can get it there. 
Ceylon tea is also very good. Ceylon black tea is mm-hmm. is pretty popular. That's from that's from my neck of the woods in Sri Lanka. Mm. So you can get that too. But if you can't get any of that stuff, at the very least, you get like loose leaf black uh, get black tea in tea bags. But then when you have the bags, take remove the tea from the tea bags and then put empty out the contents into the tea thing because okay. um, because it'll you you need a very strong uh, black tea kind of base because if you don't if you just have the the tea bags it's the milk is going to be the, the the tea is going to be really thin and so when you put it in the milk it's going to be really just kind of like watery like with a chai hint you don't want that okay. and so yeah you want to make it strong so that when the milk is added it's nice so mm. it's a couple of things to kind of keep in mind okay okay mm. very good very good indeed well i i'm, I'm excited. excited i'm excited <laughs> wait man yeah. i'm pumped i'm already like piecing together how i'm gonna yep, yep yeah get, yep it's gonna happen yeah well hey i want to thank i want to thank you kevin for your time uh, i also want to thank you for your for your ministry everything that you're doing uh by the time this episode airs you'll have 300 million subscribers uh and <laughs> wow. and climbing it's gonna be fantastic um really excited for uh for what you've been able to achieve in the very short time that you've been on tiktok and um yeah, I just I just know that God's going to continue to bless you um, and your ministry. Thank you for your heart, man. And uh, yeah, just can't wait to see uh, what what God's got in store for the chai guy uh, next. <laughs> we don't know if you want to be called that, but we're going to keep saying it. Um, no, it's fine. It's fine. That's kind of no. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And for those of you listening, you know, you can find me Cross Culture Christian. That's kind of my handle on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, Lankan Arabian on Twitter. Um, I, I wasn't able to make the cross-culture Christian thing work there. But um, if you're there on my Instagram, I'm mostly active on obviously TikTok, but then Instagram. So follow me there for chai tips and other things. So yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Um, and so, yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave links to your socials and stuff in the show notes for people. And uh, yeah. Uh, and guys, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to see if you try the Burn the Haystack recipe or any of uh, Kevin's recipes. We'd love to know about it from this episode. So make sure you get in touch with us. And the best place to find all things Burn the Haystack is just head on over to burnthehaystack.org. That's right. And uh, if you haven't already subscribed, this is the perfect opportunity. Smash the subscribe button wherever you are. Uh, and if you'd like to help us out um, some more, leave us a rating or a review on whatever podcatching app that you're using. And if you want to take it to the next step, put your money with your, where your mouth is buy our merch just head to burnthehaystack.org and buy a t-shirt or a hoodie and uh it'll look fantastic black goes with everything so it's (laughs) it's great and it's slimming it's very slimming yeah so (laughs) buy a t-shirt we are now t-shirt salesmen that's what we need anyway you guys are awesome that is josh jesse and kevin 